You're listening to the Counterculture Mom Show. Our kids are under fire every day with the media and pop culture persuading them to give up their faith and Christian values. Stay tuned now as former Hollywood actress and pop culture expert Tina Griffin helps you counter these messages and safely navigate today's pop culture chaos. Have you ever felt like you're fighting a losing battle with your kids? Do you need some positive reinforcement on how to parent your teens? Our next parenting expert has written an amazing book, Parenting Beyond the Rules, that outlines positive approaches to raising today's teenagers. She is featured on Focus on the Family, The Busy Mom Podcast, 100 Huntley Street, a columnist for Homeschooling Today magazine and contributor for Focus on the Family. So if you feel like you've lost all hope, don't give up yet. This woman has some excellent tips to share. I'm Tina Griffin. Welcome to the Counterculture Mom Show, where today we are focusing on raising children God's way with dear friend, speaker, and author, Connie Albers. Connie, thank you for jumping on the program today. Hey, Tina, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk about parenting beyond the rules and and helping parents with their kids navigate this serious time that we're living through. Absolutely. You know what? You got to give me some hope here because we had four kids in four years. That means in about, well, it seems like tomorrow we'll have four teens living under this roof. I'm losing half my hair already. Is there hope? (laughs) There is absolutely hope. And to be honest with you, that's what drove me to write the book that I wrote, because like you, I had a lot of children and a lot of years and a short amount of time. And as fast as they came in, we entered the teen years. And I kept hearing, Tina, all these comments. Oh, just wait till the teen years. Oh, and, and I'm like, no, 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 no. The teen years are something to celebrate, not survive. Yay! <laughs> okay. Well, you experienced, obviously, you raised five teens with your husband, Tom, 37 years. You survived. You get all your hair. You're still married. Things are looking good. Yeah. And you know what, Tina, people often ask me, hey, do you all still see your kids? I'm like, yes, they all live within minutes of us and three are married. We have grandkids. Uh, And I'll tell you what, Tina, there is not a day that goes by that somebody isn't calling, stopping by, visiting, checking in. I mean, there is just not a day that goes by. And that is the picture that I want parents to kind of get in their mind. We are not raising kids to turn the tassel and say, see ya. It's time for me time. We're raising world changers. We're raising families that want to do life together. And that's the biggest, most important thing we can do. You just gave me chills. So it's not your kids coming over every other day asking for cash. They actually want to come and visit. No, and they go away on vacation with you and they pay their own way. Yay, it does happen. (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. It's like it it sounds so good to be true, but it is obviously possible you're doing this. Yeah, it's awesome. It is absolutely, it's awesome. You know, in comes the season of reaping the reward of the season that you're about to get, you know, enter and go through. And I am not one of these, you know, moms that says, hey, if you can just survive them, I am the mom that says, no, you get to the teen years and you've poured everything into your children. Tina, your kids already know what you think, why you think it, how you're going to answer pretty much any question they're going to pose. They also want to, they also are very in tune with like your body language. And I, we're going to talk about that a little bit, but they know when is a good time to ask mom and when is a bad time. And they know because they live with you, they're reading you. They know you, they know what makes you tick and they know what makes you ticked and vice versa. We kind of know our kids really well. And if we don't, we should. And when our kids know that, and you do turn that tassel at 18, Tina, and they look back. We don't want them to say, thanks for the braces. Thanks for the car keys. See ya. 
Oh, that's devastating. And I do see that happen a lot. Um, I know you're doing a big parenting series and you've probably heard a lot of stories and, and, you know, so I don't want to candy coat it and say, oh, it's all so perfect and positive because it isn't. You're raising human beings. Yeah. That's it. Human beings. And they come with their own quirks and imperfections and attitudes. And you know what? You have your own quirks, imperfections and attitudes. And the amazing thing to me, Tina, is you know, God says, here's an imperfect mom and imperfect dad and imperfect children. And somehow, somehow we're going to, and we're going to glorify the Lord. That's just mind boggling. Yeah. The somehow is the right question. I'm like a lot of times thinking, what was God thinking? <laughs> I, you know, you're bringing me back to the days where I literally had the four children. I think I had all four kids were in diapers or at least three of them were in diapers all at the same time for a period of four years. I remember just like a conveyor belt change another one, change another, oh, that one had another accident, bring them back in the loop. And I, I remember as I'm rolling them across the floor, sometimes I was so, so exhausted woman, because I was still speaking at that time too. I knew you then. I, you, were I just, knew. you were on the treadmill. <laughs> I, I was on the treadmill. I had these kids on cruise ships I was speaking on. I'm like, hang on a second. I'm going to be five minutes late. I got to finish nursing, you know, one of my kids. I got I got to make sure I keep my kids alive. But I, at the same time on this conveyor belt thinking, God helped me through it because I want to do the best job that I can with the time that I've got. I want to help save America, but I don't want to have put my kids in the back burner to do that. You've done that too. You've had an amazing ministry over the years. You're my role model. I really wish I could talk to you weekly. Every time I see you at a homeschool conference, we're both running different directions, speaking at workshops. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, she did it. You're working hard for the Lord. You're showing kids what it's like to be in the world, not of it, doing and using the gifts and, and, the ta and talents that God gave you. And your kids got to witness that. So we, we have a lot to talk about here. This, I did not know about you, Connie. I did not know about this. You went through a horrific boating accident with your family when you were just a, a child. Tell us about it. And how did that experience actually influence your parenting? Wow. Boy, you brought up something from the past. It's not something I share very often. Uh, but yes, when we were out on a family outing, a family vacation, we had um, uh, a boat that my dad used for charter fishing. So he was up on the flybridge. Uh, my mom was down in the galley and my brother and I were in the back uh, of the boat. Uh, we had just come in from deep sea fishing. Mom was walking up and we had indoor outdoor motors. Uh, we were coming into the marina that we were getting ready to stay at. And he throttled back on the engines. And at that moment, a spark ignited and the engines blew up. Oh, literally. I was sitting in the chair. I was eight years old. I saw this bellowing smoke come from where my mother was. And then emerged this, this figure of a, of a person who was just black from head to toe. And that was my mom. And my father was still trying to steer the boat. He had no idea what had just happened. So, you know, it, it was a, it was a defining moment in my life. And I know you've probably heard that term, you know, memories and moments and defining moments. After that accident happened, we jumped into the water because my brother panicked and I was eight. So I followed him and my mother was trying to keep me from getting um, seriously injured and yelled for my father. And I will never forget that moment when we're all in the water and mom is standing on the bow and the flames are just bellowing. And he was screaming at her to jump and she was burned second and third degree burns all over her body. Oh, and just the gasp of jumping into salt water. Um, oh my God. I, 
I learned, I was eight and I, I can still picture every bit of that hanging on to the buoy in the middle of the intercoastal, watching people stare, watching the boat come back. Um, mom was in the hospital for a long time afterwards and their marriage didn't survive. Oh. Uh, it was a pretty horrific thing, but you know, Tina, what it, it taught me a lot about resilience. It taught me a lot about undying love for your children here. My mother was severely injured and her first thought were to her children, you know, protect my kids, protect my kids as best she could. So my childhood went from wonderful to a nightmare. And that remained that way until I, you know, got married. And I had just, my husband and I decided we wanted something different. We, 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 we were wanted to change our family legacy. We wanted a family that if by God's grace wasn't broken in pieces and torn apart and so much hurt and, and betrayal and anguish. And so that's, that's really um, the catalyst for everything in my childhood, uh, that one, that one, you know, incident, Un but it changed everything. Unbelievable. What happened as a result? Were you and your brother raised by your dad? No, actually when the divorce happened, I never saw my dad again. So I, it, she was a single parent. We went from having, you know, they were entrepreneurs and rather successful from one lifestyle to a, a very, um, losing everything. And at eight years old, you may not know what your parents have, but you certainly know what you don't have when you don't have it. And so we went to the bottom of the barrel, so to speak, financially and emotionally and physically. I my brother and I lived with my grandparents while mom was in the hospital recovering. And then when she got out, there was a lot of rehab. And then from that point, Tina, uh, it was mom gone most of the time and me living at my grandparents' house. And it was rough. Um, I started working at 14, 15 years old at uh, an ice cream store and a steak company and, you know, doing anything I could because at 15, 16 years old, I was paying, you know, a portion of the bills in my house. I wasn't getting a car and going for, you know, vacays. I was working and we had to survive. And I thought there's, there's just got to be a better way. Unbelievable. I had no idea you went through all that. Now I can see why you're so passionate to help other parents and to sever that curse that happened to your family for your children and your grandchildren. Unbelievable. Well, you know, Tina, can I just comment something that I hadn't until recently put together? Children process things differently. And the age of your kids is critical when a trauma happens. And I know this isn't about trauma, but I was eight. So I was pretty formidable at that time. I wasn't, you know, I was eight years old. My brother was, you know, several years older than me. He was um, like an older middle school child. The impact of that resulted in a lot of bitterness and resentment and anger, and he became rebellious and uh, non-compliant and got in all sorts of trouble. And because I was young, I watched him, and my temperament is to observe, observe, watch people, and then make a decision. Yeah. So I watched what he was doing, and I'm not, yeah, you know, he's getting a lot of trouble. I don't think I'm going to go that way. Uh, I tried to stay under the radar. And I think that's important as you're parenting your kids that you understand their temperament. And mom was trying to survive. So she wasn't watching our, our strengths and our talents. And she wasn't paying attention to those, uh, how we were processing anything. She yeah. didn't have the ability to do that.
That makes complete sense. I cannot wait to ask you about your parenting beyond the rules and what rules you're saying we need to break. We're going to find out when we come back after this short word from our sponsor. Optimize your health. Protect against chronic disease. The most powerful antioxidant on the market. 172 times stronger than vitamin C. A breakthrough formula called C60 Complete. Containing the purest combination of the world's healthiest ingredients. 28,000 positive effects published in research. Backed by top scientists and leading researchers. A patented NASA-grade formula that comes in easy-to-swallow gel capsules. Get $5 off your order by going to counterculturemom.com and using promo code TINA. Connie, your book is called Parenting Beyond the Rules. What rules are you saying we need to break? Are you saying we should break some rules here? You know, it's funny. People have often said, oh, so you're one of those no rules person. I'm like, no, actually, I love rules. I love limits and I love boundaries. They're like, they make me feel safe and happy. I know what I have to do and I'll do it. But in parenting, there's seasons of your parenting. So in those early years, they need those rules. Don't go out in the oven. Don't go play in the street. Don't touch the oven. You know, don't get in the face of a dog. You might get bit. There's a lot of things we're teaching that help our children learn how to navigate life that they, they don't know. They don't know the dangers. But as your kid starts to grow, Tina, like yours are now entering a new season, we are so aware of the trials and troubles and pitfalls and dangers that instead of letting them walk into that, we try to keep them from getting hurt and harmed, which is good. But as your child starts to grow, Tina, we have to adjust. And that's where parents have understood and loved parenting on the rules because I'm giving you permission. It's okay to adjust. It doesn't mean you're wishy-washy. It doesn't mean that, that one day one rule applies and the next day another because you can't make up your mind. It means I am listening to the Lord. As the Lord leads, I will adjust. There's freedom in the pivot. So all of you listeners, write that down. There's freedom in the pivot. We established most of our rules, the curfew, the bedtime, which bedroom a kid lives in, what color they're allowed to paint their walls. We create all of that. And that's okay because it's unique to your family, but it's also okay to, to adjust and give a little. And that's why I love parenting beyond the rules because it's not about, we have to live in a rule, a world full of rules and, and regulations. Without it, we have lawlessness, chaos, and currently what we're living in. Right. That's the result of not having it. Yeah. But within the confines of a family, the family is built on trust, respect, reliability, and care. When your children know that they can trust you, when your children respect you, when the children know you're reliable, you mean what you say, you say what you mean. If you say you're going to be there to pick them up or you're going to be off the phone in 10 minutes, you're off the phone in 10 minutes. If they know that you care about them, like with my mom, my mom exhibited a sacrificial care and love for me, unconditional. It was above her own safety and well-being. When our children have that, Tina, then we're able to adjust because we're able to talk to our kids and say, hey, we've considered what you've done. We're praying about this. We think that mom and dad, if you're married, mom and dad have just decided that, you know, we've talked to the Lord and we hear your point. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. Having a conversation with the kids. Absolutely. So my question is, since my kids are approaching the teen years, my oldest son, Jacob, very responsible kid, straight A student. I really hardly have problems with any of the kids. The youngest kid is a lot like me. So there's a couple of problems. <laughs> very outspoken. We'll talk to strangers, follow them with their grocery cart to their vans in the parking lot at, at grocery stores. So it goes above and beyond to help, but puts herself sometimes in 
could be harm's way. So I got to rein her in. When is a good time to start giving them some freedoms to do things? That's a great question. You said something in your statement describing your older son that I want you to hear. He's responsible. He's already exhibiting characteristics of responsibility. Right. So when my firstborn was very similar, uh, if I gave him like his, I homeschooled all of my children. And if I gave him his assignments for that day, I could trust that he was going to be responsible. His word meant something. Right. And if he couldn't do it, he's usually going to have a really good reason. It's not because he was forgetful or dawdled or, you know, lost it, didn't want, didn't want to obey or didn't want to do what we said. No, it was because I I knew he had exhibited responsibility in small little things. You said that about your son. And you said, at what age? It's it's not an age. It's when your children start asking, hey, could I have some extra freedom? Could I have maybe a 30-minute later curfew? Could I have so-and-so over? Could I go to such and such event? And then you as a parent, you exhibit, okay, well, what have they shown us? Freedom is given when responsibility is exhibited. So if they're showing the responsibility, you trust them and you let them. But Tina, you do say a couple of things. Listen, we've talked about this. You tell us why, you know, what are your criteria? Maybe it's, uh, are their parents going to be home? Or this is the time frame you're allowed. Whatever your family has established for your family. Right. And and then say, is that okay with you? And always ask them, does that make sense? Is that okay? And if they say yes, say, then here's what you have to understand. We completely trust you. We completely trust you. Trust is given. However, if you happen to, by chance... Don't live up to what you've just described to us. We can't give you that freedom anymore. So that just means we're going to have to wait a little bit. And you let us know when we could try this again. Oh, and you smile at them. I mean, it's, you're not being, you're not being dictatorship. You better be home by 10 o'clock. This is the last chance you have to go out and swim with your, okay. I totally get it. I'm going to grab, I'm going to take your phone away. You're never going to play that video game again. No, it's, Hey, we're going to give this to you. And this is a relationship. We're going to give and you're going to give. And it's like a dance. And it's a it's a beautiful dance that sometimes you step on each other's toes. Sometimes miscommunication happens. Sometimes you say no and you have a you have a real strong conviction about it. But, Tina, when that happens, there's something that I love to encourage parents with. And that's the communication element. We have to communicate our expectations there are expectations of them. They need to communicate with us how they're feeling, how they're processing, how they're experiencing the world around them. Your kids, Tina, they have they have had the rug ripped out from under them. Mm-hmm. The last two and a half years, yes, everything has been stripped away. What was normal, what was right, what was within the boundaries of everyday living has been flipped upside down, and and they're very insecure as to what will tomorrow be like. Right. Uh, We have to remember that, Tina. Yeah, that's so good. And uh, what's wild is these four kids have heard me speak about 348 times, possibly more over the last decade and a half almost. Uh They know a lot of chaotic stuff going on in this country. So it's like part of their innocence was stripped because they know that the world isn't what most kids think it is. Like they know about the elites, the globalists, the new world order, all those topics. They ask me a lot of questions about it. And I've got an eight year old kid that knows how to connect some of these dots. It's wild. She is definitely a a mini me. However, I completely hear what you're saying with 
how this culture has changed the last two years. And you'll be proud of me. When you first said, hey, Tina, what you just said, I was ready to slap myself again because <laughs> Dr. Doug Weiss, who I just had on, I got a D minus for the first half part of that interview. I'm like, oh, no, I'm getting hammered by Connie now, too. So at least I know I'm kind of on this straight and narrow, getting my path straight again. But um, Jake asked yesterday, can he hang out with his friends and go swimming? We asked a series of questions. His friend across the street, mom was going to be at the pool watching. I said, do you have your phone? Do you have your watch? You know, a trackable, legal trackable device. I'm not into chipping my kids, never will be. But we, I want to be, you know, make sure they're safe. And he said, really, you're letting me go? For the same reasons, very responsible kids. So it's nuts that we're talking about the parenting series once again when we're starting to open the door to letting him prove that he's responsible beyond our front door. It's scary knowing the world that we're living in. But then I think about when I was 10 years old, I miss the innocence. My mom's like, you want to go hang out with your friend, Jesse? And she lives seven miles away. Go ahead, go jump on your bike and go hang out with her. She let me ride my bike seven miles to go hang out with my friend, Jesse, up in Wisconsin. So and not and we're afraid to let our kids play in the cul-de-sac unless we're sitting in the lawn chair out front. I know it's so tough, different mm -hmm. world we're living in, but we also have to let them fly, you know, let them take flight. I totally hear what yeah. you're talking about. That is just so wild to me. What's your thoughts about just tech in the house as a whole? You know, that's interesting because I worked for a large social media company and, you know, I'm tech, I'm a techie person. I think I have worked with kids now for about 30, 30 some years. I've seen too many where the parents were too restrictive and they hit 18, 17, 18. They go to grandma's, they go to their cousins, they go to their neighbor, they're sneaking it in. And then they move out of the house and they go completely berserk. There's a fine line. And going back to the beginning of our conversation, you have to know your child. Some of your children can't handle uh, the onslaught of what's presented to them. Some of your kids could care less. If you right. know your children, work with the child you have, not the one you wish you had. But if you, while they're in your home, you're able to help them learn how to create a positive social footprint, how to use this massive beast like that you and I are using right now. They want to have a voice. They want to be heard. We see that in our culture right now. Unfortunately, their voices and their, their opinions um, are very loud, but we want to teach our children how to use them skillfully. We are in a cancel culture. Is your money safe? Are you holding it in a place that shares your conservative Christian values? If your funds are not with a financial institution that shares your values, they may be in jeopardy if you are not in agreement with their secular values. American Christians could lose billions of charitable donations without even knowing it. Capstone Legacy Foundation's charter ensures that we follow donor intent. Please go to capstonelegacy.org to help us see if you need to change where you are holding your assets for planned giving. That's capstonelegacy.org. And you just had a podcast on this. Did you not? How to manage device use at family gatherings, episode 103. Yeah. That's going to be around the show notes at counterculturemom.com. Watch this, tune in, click on the links in the show notes surrounding this episode right there at counterculturemom.com. Also, can they get that on your website? Absolutely. Fill us in, conniealbers.com. What can we all find on this fantastic looking website? Well, thank you so much, Tina. But what I really try to do is equip families to navigate the seasons of parenting because there's nothing worse than getting to the end after you've poured your life, your heart, your soul into teaching these teaching and training the kids that God has given us. 
and then have them walk away and say, you know, about your values, about that God thing, about uh, those character qualities. Yeah, nah, I'm just not buying that. I'm going to go in a different direction. I believe, and I, so I wrote about it, that we can keep the heart of our child in and through the teen years. Um, and we didn't get to talk too much about it, but the number one thing we have to do is listen. Listen and monitor our mouth. And I talk a lot about what practical things we can do day in, day out to keep the heart of our kids so that they hear our voice. Just like we we hear the Lord's voice. We want our kids to hear our voice and respond, not reject and resist us. I, I need it. Can Can I order a copy? Can you ship one? Can I get it today? Yeah, you can order it on Amazon or anywhere books are sold, Target, Walmart, uh, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. But yeah, you can get it anywhere it's sold. It's done really well. Um, I, I do a lot of media work with it, and I'll just show you. It, I have to tell the story. People often say, tell me what this means. I don't know if this is showing up, but yeah. your children are a masterpiece. And this is my like speak from, so sorry it's not pristine, but children are a masterpiece. And when you create a masterpiece, Tina, you use different brushes, different colors, different strokes. Love that. And you have to temper the, ma you, you paint the masterpiece that God has designed. God is the architect. He will lead you in how to raise your children, whether it's a, a warm palette or a cool palette or a jewel tone or a vibrant or a contrasting. They're not paint by numbers. Children are unique and they're originals. And God has asked you to raise them for his glory, not yours. Connie, you're fantastic. Thank you for letting me track you down this program and give me hope that we can still have a fulfilling family experience soon with having four teens living under this roof at once. I'm still praying for the rapture. Thanks for joining us for the Counterculture Mom Show with your host, Tina Griffin. For over two decades, Tina has traveled the globe exposing how pop culture is glamorizing harmful behaviors without showing the consequences and how these messages are wreaking havoc on today's youth. Through radio, TV, podcasts, and our app, Counterculture Ministries is reaching millions every week with a biblically-based message for hope for today's teens and their parents. But we can't do that without your faithful prayer and financial investment. If you appreciate the ministry of Tina and Counterculture Ministries, would you prayerfully consider a generous gift right now? We have a donor matching dollar for dollar. You can give securely online by visiting counterculturemom.com or by texting the word DONATE to the number 55444. That's counterculturemom.com or text the word DONATE to the number 55444. Every dollar is doubled. If you love this show, you can stay up to date on the latest critical issues affecting your family by catching all of our weekly episodes with resource links, signing up for our e-newsletter, and downloading our Counterculture Mom app, where you get timely pop culture alerts. Visit counterculturemom.com for more details. And be sure to join us next week for another edition of the Counterculture Mom Show with Tina Griffin, where we are rewriting Hollywood script for our kids. 